Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. There's power in his name. And over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about believing God for miracles. And I don't know what your life has looked like. I don't know if since we started this series, if you've already experienced a miracle and we praise God if you have. And if you haven't, we praise God and we believe that something's going to happen today. Pastor Don kicked off this series. He talked about believing and he talked about Thomas and how Thomas sometimes gets a bad rap and People talk about Thomas because, and call him Doubting Thomas because he asked, you know, until I can put my finger in his hand and my finger in his side, I'm not going to believe what y'all are saying. And Pastor Don even said, a lot of us would be that way. I know I would. Like, come on, dude. I saw the dude die. Like, I'm going to have to see something if I'm going to believe. I know what he said, but I got to see it for myself. And then Pastor Cody came on the next week and he talked about fighting familiarity. And if you didn't hear that message, that was an amazing message. And all of the messages have been amazing, of course, but that message, I don't know about you, but it convicted me. Fighting familiarity. Have I become familiar in my relationship with God? Have I become so familiar and so in the habit of just doing life that maybe I wake up in the morning and say, oh man, I forgot to pray. Oh, I'll just pray later. Have I gotten so familiar in my relationship with God? And listen, the, the, the thing about familiarity is there was only one time in the Bible that Jesus wasn't able to do a miracle. And it was in the area where people were familiar with him. When people were like, oh, that's just Mary's boy. That's just the carpenter. He just, I saw him grow up. I saw him running around with the little snotty nose. Like I, I saw that. That's, that's, that's not who y'all think he is. He's just, he's just Mary's boy. Familiarity is a dangerous thing and it can prevent you from getting the miracle that you're, you're wanting to receive from God. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit here in a moment. And then he talked about how We've got to fight frustration when we're believing God for a miracle. Anybody ever been frustrated where you believed God to do something and maybe it didn't come when you expected it to come? Or maybe it hadn't happened at all. Or maybe it didn't happen in the way that you wanted wanted it to happen and we become frustrated because we're believing God for something and we don't see exactly what we're looking for. Can I tell you, this whole series, we've been just wanting to build your faith We've been wanting to to, to give you a message of hope that if you had stopped believing that you would begin to believe again. God is looking for faith. God is looking for people that will believe. God is looking for people who will trust in him. He's looking for people that will rely on him for everything, that won't trust on their own efforts or on their own strength, but that they would believe God. He's looking for people to believe him again. And Jesus, in in Luke chapter 18, Jesus was talking to the people and he said, listen, I'm coming back. And when the son of man comes back, will he find, listen, not somebody who's fasting. Will he find not somebody who goes to church every Sunday and serve and and do all of those things and tithe and give, which all of those things are great. He don't hear me wrong. But he says, when he comes back, will he find faith? Will he find somebody that will believe? Will he find somebody that can say, I don't care what it looks like, but I believe that God is a God of the impossible. Will he find faith when he returns? And our faith helps us to make sure that we come to church and that we tithe and that we give and all of those other things. But it begins with our faith. And I know that people this day, in this day and age, us, me, you, we have a hard time believing. And sometimes it's because of the state of our life. 
Pastor Dave, have you seen my life? Have you seen the things that I've gone through? Have you seen the things that I have experienced? The things that I'm actually living right now? It's hard to believe sometimes. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been just trying to get you to a place where you believe what my sermon title is today, that anything is possible. Amen. That you would get to a point where you believe that anything, and I mean, anything is possible. Amen. You mean anything, Pastor Dave? Anything. I don't care what it is, but that you would get to a place where you believe God for anything. Mark chapter nine, verse 22. Jesus is in, he just comes from the mountain with his, his a few disciples and he was transfigured in front of them and Elijah shows up and Moses shows up and it's this holy moment and the disciples, Peter sp spoke up out of turn like he always does. And Peter says, oh my goodness, God, this is good for, it's Jesus, it's good for us to be here. We should just build a tent for you and for Elijah and for Moses and y'all can just stay right here and we'll stay right here. He's just being selfish. Like, I want to keep all this glory for myself. And then they come off of this mountain, and they come off this mountain, and Jesus walks up, and there's an argument happening between the Pharisees and the disciples, and they're talking to the disciples, and Jesus is like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And the man comes up and says, listen, my boy has been dealing with this thing for his entire life where the spirit, the spirit is on him and he falls and he convulses and he starts gnashing his teeth and, 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 all, and all of this. And sometimes it throws him into the fire, into the water, like it's trying to kill him. And I brought him to your disciples for them to do something about it. And Jesus, they couldn't do anything. And Jesus is like, how long I got to be with y'all? Like, have you not seen, don't you know, like I've already given you the authority. In fact, there's a, a couple chapters earlier, Jesus sends the disciples out two by two and he says, I'm giving you the authority to cast out spirits. I'm giving you the authority to lay hands that they forget. He's like, have you forgotten that I'd already given you the authority to do this? And we pick up in verse 22 and, and the man says again, it's thrown him into the fire and into the water to kill him. And then he tells Jesus, he says, but if you can do anything, your disciples couldn't do it, but if you can do anything, would you please just take pity on me, Jesus? Would you please just help me? And sometimes this is where we find ourselves in, that we're just asking and we're just looking for a little pity from Jesus. Jesus, can you just feel sorry for me because I've been going through this thing has been really hard, Jesus. I just need you to feel sorry for me. Can you, can you just have some pity on me, Jesus? Jesus isn't looking for someone who just wants pity. He's looking for somebody who believes. He's looking for someone that knows where they stand and they know that no matter what I may be experiencing and going through my, in my life, if I believe, I can see Jesus do something impossible in my life. There's a lot of us that are in this place in our faith we just want Jesus to have a little bit of pity on us. Some of us feel like we're not worthy of receiving the blessings and the miracles that we are expecting from God. We're not, we're not worthy. We, we, we haven't done enough. And can I tell you that in and of yourself, you're absolutely correct. You're not worthy of the miracles of Jesus. You're not worthy of the blessings of Jesus. How do you get worthy? By accepting Jesus Christ into your life. And because you have Jesus in your heart, and if you haven't accepted him, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end. And because you have 
have Jesus in your heart, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you are worthy of, his, of the miracles. You are worthy of his blessings. You are worthy of good health. You are worthy to not lack, but to prosper. You are worthy to not be the lenderer, but the borrower. You are worthy to not be the tail, but the head. You are worthy to not be underneath, but to be above. You are worthy of every good and perfect gift that comes down from the father of lights. You are worthy of every single good thing that God has for you. If you've accepted Jesus, you are worthy. Can you believe that again? Don't believe the lie of the enemy because the enemy wants you to believe that you're not worthy, but you do deserve God's highest. Hear me. You do deserve God's best. Pastor Don said in in the first week of his message, when he was talking about believing, he says, the enemy is not attacking your marriage, your finances, your health. He's attacking your faith. Can I tell you, the enemy don't care nothing about your marriage. He don't care nothing about your finances. He don't care anything about you. He's coming after your faith because if he can get you to not believe, then he can get you to a place where you don't even think your marriage can be restored. If he can get you to a place where you don't believe, then it doesn't matter if it's a headache, let alone cancer. If you just got a headache, then if he can attack your faith, you can't believe that you can be healed from a headache. He doesn't care about you. He cares about your faith. Because if he can attack your faith, then you begin to question Am I really saved? Did Jesus really die? Did God really create this earth or was it a big bang? Did we really start evolving from apes? Well, I know they're not evolving anymore, but, and, and I don't know why, but... If he can attack your faith, then he can destroy everything else in your life. So Jesus responds to this man. He says in verse 23, if you can, Jesus is like, you know who I'm is? You ain't, you ain't seen what I've done. Like, you better put some respect on my name. Like, <laughs> he says, everything is possible for the one who believes It's not about if he's able, it's about can you believe again? Because God is able, but can you believe that he's able? Is there anybody who can have the faith like those three Hebrew boys that you can throw me in the fire and if I don't come out of this fire, it doesn't mean that my God's not able. I know that my God is still able. So it doesn't matter what you do to me. It doesn't matter what you say to me. If, it, if I don't get delivered, it doesn't mean he's not able. Is there anybody that can believe that God's able? Can you believe Again, believe again. That's what I want you to believe. That's what I want you to hear today. Believe again. Believe again. Believe again. Two things that I want you to know before we leave today. That God can perform a miracle in your life. Can you believe that God can perform a miracle in your life? I know what it may look like. I know that you've been praying for so long and it looks like it's not going to change, but can you believe that anything is possible? Can you believe again that anything is possible? I'm talking to the person 
that believed God for your relative who was in the hospital and they went home to be with the Lord and you believed that God was gonna heal them, you believed God was gonna change their life and now you're angry with God because they died and you believed that God was gonna get them up out of that bed. Yes, I'm talking to you, believe again. I'm talking to the person who's gone to church and you've given everything that you can. You've served faithfully. You've given faithfully. You show up when nobody else shows up. You show up to Saturday prayer when nobody else shows up. And then you go to the doctor and they diagnose you with cancer or anything else. And now you're questioning God. I've given you my everything. I've served you with everything. I've never done anything wrong. I don't talk about people. All the other stuff that all the people that's doing bad stuff, they living good. But this comes on me, Father. Yes, I'm talking to you believe again. I'm talking to the one who's been praying for other people's marriages and you believe God and you have faith for the marriage of someone else to be restored and then all of a sudden the enemy attacks your marriage and now you're struggling to have faith that God can do something in your marriage. I'm talking to you. Can you believe again? It's amazing Amazing what punctuation can do to a sentence. When I said before, believe again, there was an exclamation mark on there. But I want to ask you, and I want you to see, believe again with a question mark. Because this is the place that some of us find ourselves in. I've got to believe again? Believe again, Jesus? I'm tired of believing for my, my rent every single month. I got to believe again. Can I just have one easy month where it's just there? I'm tired of wondering if I'm going to be able to provide groceries for my kids this week. Can I just for one time, Jesus, can it just be there? I'm tired of believing again. I've been believing so long that the next doctor's appointment, that they would give me a different diagnosis. And it's the same thing, God. Do I have to believe again? And this is where we find ourselves because can I tell you that believing gets tiring sometimes. And if someone says that it's not, they're lying through their teeth. Believing is hard sometimes. It's hard to keep believing when you don't see something change. It's hard to keep believing when you don't see something shift in your life. It's hard to keep believing. But I believe there's a scripture that says that if you don't get weary in doing well, that you're going to reap if you don't give up, if you don't faint, if you don't stop believing. (laughs) God doesn't respond to your desperation. God responds to your faith. And a lot of times we get desperate and waiting and believing and asking and and waiting for God to do something. We're desperate. And we even say that sometimes, God, I'm desperate. Can you just show up for me? God doesn't respond to your desperation. He responds to your faith. Can you imagine if that woman with the issue of blood just went and said, I'm just desperate to receive something. I've gone everywhere. I've tried everything and nothing has changed. I'm desperate. Can you do something? But no, her perspective was, if I can just get through this crowd and touch him, I don't even have to touch him. He don't even have to touch me. If I can just touch his garment, I know that I would be made whole. That's faith. That's not desperation. That's faith. And God responds to that so much so that when she touched him, not out of desperation, but out of faith. Jesus said, wait a minute, somebody touched me. Jesus, everybody is touching you around here. No, this touch was different. Those touches were desperation. This touch was faith. Can you believe again? Mark chapter nine, verse 23. In the message paraphrase, 
I love the way the message paraphrase puts it sometimes. Jesus said, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Can you get to a point in your life where you can say, there are no ifs in my life. I believe that anything can happen. I don't care if it's been delayed. Can I tell you that delay does not mean denial? Can you get to a place where you say, it's no if, I know that anything is possible. And I know you might be frustrated because you've been waiting for so long, but I wanna encourage you to don't stop believing. Like Journey. (laughs) And all of y'all laughed, y'all need Jesus because y'all know exactly the song I'm talking about. Every single one of y'all need Jesus. (laughs) And I know the song too, and they're like, well, you need Jesus too. You're absolutely right, I need him. I need him every day. And I don't know too much about that song, but I know right in the beginning, he said, born and raised in Detroit, and I'm from Detroit, so I like it. (laughs) Don't stop believing. You are where you are today because of God's grace. You are where you are today because of his mercy. You are where you are today because at some point you believe that God could do something in your life. That's why you're standing. That's why you're still here. That's why you ain't lost your mind because you know and you believe that God is able to do something. God's brought you too far. He's brought you too far. There's an old song that says that we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. I don't know about you. And sometimes it feels because like it's being delayed that God has failed, but God has not failed you. Look where you are today. You remember the last battle you went through and you're still standing today. You remember the last storm that you had to endure. You're still standing today. You remember the last time all hell broke through in your life and you're still here today. And it's because God has not failed you. Is there anybody that can believe that anything is possible through him? Hallelujah. I'm not just a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe God. That's what I do. I don't just follow him. I believe him. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. What happens when you begin to believe again? You start to see God do some things in your life. You start to see miracles happen and transpire in your life. But you know what you also see? You start to experience miracles, not only in your life, but miracles in other people's lives. Listen, coming to church, coming to church is not always about what you can get from God. And I'm sorry, now you you may have been here, you may have come here because you really need God and that is great, keep coming. If you need God, keep coming. So don't hear me wrong like I'm saying, you can't come to church because you need something from God. No, you need something, this is a hospital. Come where you can get something from God. But not only is it a hospital, listen, God is looking for some people that not only that go to him and say, God, what can you do for me? But God is looking for a church. He's looking for a believer. He's looking for a person that says, God, what can I 
do for you. I know I'm always asking you for something, but is there someone that I can pray for? Is there a burden that you can give me? Is there someone that I can give to? Is there someone that I can pay for their groceries? Is there someone that I can stop in a grocery line and, and lay hands on them because they just left a hospital and the doctors told them something that they are, they are so broken? Is there somebody that I can show the love, the life, the power of Jesus? Is there someone that God can trust to give you what he needs for you to do? Not only when you believe can you see God do miracles in your life, but you'll see God work miracles through your life. God wants to work some miracles through your life. Again, keep coming here because this is a hospital where people come to get well. So keep coming. But then there are those of us that come because this is a refilling station. It's where I come to get filled up, to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus even more. It's where I come to get filled up to be reminded that, that, that he's with me and that these signs are going to follow me. It's where I come to let to, to, so that I know within myself that I've got the authority of Jesus in my life. And that I walk in power. And that I walk in favor and I walk, the favor of God follows me. <laughs> Listen, can we get to that place where we believe that not only am I asking God for the favor to be there when I get there, but that the favor of God follows me as well. His goodness, his mercy, they follow me all the days of my life. Is there anybody that believes that his goodness follows you, that it goes before you and it follows you? Hallelujah. He says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, in the Good News translation, Jesus responded to the man. He said, yes, if you yourself can. Watch this. So when we look at that verse, we think that, that, that Jesus is saying, if I can, like, of course I can. Anything is possible for me. But no, Jesus says, if you yourself can, everything is possible for the person, not Jesus, for the person who has faith. So if you have faith, it's not Jesus' faith, it's your faith. So if you believe and you have faith, everything is possible, not just for him, but everything is possible for you. But can you believe again? He says, I know you need a miracle. But I want you to know that you can perform one too. Can you believe again? God's not just concerned about performing a miracle in your life. He's also concerned about performing a miracle through your life. In fact, in Mark chapter 16, he says this. He says, and these signs will accompany those who what? Believe. These things are going to follow you, not because you just come to church. Again, not just because you tithe, not because you serve. No, these signs are going to follow you because you have faith to believe that you can speak to demons and drive them out, that you can speak in new tongues, that you can pick up snakes with your hands. Now, I know they say that we wrangle snakes here at Tree of Life, but we don't wrangle no snakes here but the bible said that we can do it we just don't do it so don't believe that lie the snake farm is across the street we don't have snakes here <laughs> but you can wrangle snakes 
And you can drink deadly poison and it won't hurt you. And you can place your hands on the sick and it will change. They will get well. Is there anybody that believes that the power is not just in my hands? My power is in my faith that when I lay my hands, something begins to change. When I lay my hands, if they felt something before, they're going to feel something now. And it's the presence of God flowing through me. Is there anybody that can believe that miracles, signs, and wonders? will follow you because you believe. I was talking to Pastor Eric about this message the other day, and he asked this question. I told him what I was kind of, the direction that I was going. He said, Pastor Dave, that's good. Here's a question. He says, are you following miracles or are miracles following you? Listen, there's nothing wrong with chasing after miracles. If you need a miracle, go get your miracle, baby. Don't wait. Go get it. But listen, are miracles following you as well? Get your miracle, but help somebody else get their miracle too. Help somebody else experience God's presence in their life too. God is looking for a church of people that are not just wanting to get something from him, but wants to be the light and the salt in this earth that wants to show the signs because that's what's going to bring people to the church, running to the church, because all I know is I was one way and I'm another way now. All I know is I was sick before and I'm well now, and it was because that man touched me, and I know it was something in him. I don't know what it was. I can't explain it, but something is different on the inside of me. Is there anybody who can believe again? Is there anybody who can believe that things can change in and through your life? Is there anybody in here? Somebody shout to Jesus. Somebody shout to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to do something through your life. Sit down, sit down. I got a couple more minutes. Sit down. God wants to do something through your life. Pastor Karen was praying yesterday, and she said this while she was praying. She said, God, if we, our church, and she declared this over our church, she declared this over you, and I want you to hear it. She said, God, if we have nothing else, we will be a church who has faith. If we don't have anything else, if we don't have the money, if we don't have all the nice things, we will have faith. And not only will we believe for what you can do in our life, she said, we will believe for others as well. It's not about us. It's about other people. I want you to turn to somebody next to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got faith for you. Now, they didn't believe it, so turn to somebody on the other side and say, listen, I've got faith for you. I don't just have faith for myself, but I've got faith for you. Amen, brother. I've got faith for you. I've got faith for you. I've got faith for you. And see, you may not know, but that may be the message that they needed to hear. They needed to know that they're not standing by themselves. They needed to know that they're not just believing alone, but there was somebody, a brother, a sister. I don't even know who she is right next to me. She smelled good, but I don't know who she is. And she told me that she got faith for me, so I'm going to believe that. <laughs> Can you believe again? Can you believe again? Here's three traps that you've got to avoid and we're going to get out of here. The first trap that you've got to avoid, the enemy, the lie of the enemy is that you don't have enough and that you're not enough. 
In John chapter six, there's this miracle that Jesus performs. And in this particular miracle, the people come up to, uh, the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, these people need food. They done been with you for a long time. They hungry, Jesus. And it's Sunday and Chick-fil-A is closed. So we need you to do something. We need you to do something. And then the disciple Andrew, <laughs> Peter's brother, Spoke up to Jesus in verse 9, he says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And so some of you are in a place where you feel like you don't have enough. You're in a place where like what you have is not enough. But can I tell you, your little bit can be somebody else's miracle. When that boy left that house and his mama gave him that little happy meal with fish and, and, and bread... <laughs> It's a happy meal. Hopefully it had a little toy in it or something like, you know, no? Okay. <laughs> when, she, when he left that house and she gave him that lunch, first of all, if, if it was my son, I'd been mad. Like, you gave your lunch to who? <laughs> I work for that money and I paid. Uh, you, you don't give my lunch away. Are you, it ain't your lunch. It's my lunch. Anybody ever said that to your kids? That's my, that's my lunch. I pay for that phone. It's my phone. That ain't your phone. Give it to me. <laughs> Them shoes that you wear, that's mine. That shirt that you got on your back, that's mine. That bed you sleep in. <laughs> Don't give your lunch away. But this boy had to be in this crowd for a reason. He didn't just pop up and show up. He was there because he heard the message of Jesus. He was there because he had some inkling of faith that if this little lunch that I've given can, can, can do something, he took that little bit that he had, he gave it to Jesus, and Jesus expanded it and fed thousands and thousands and performed a miracle with his little bit. Imagine if you bring your little bit to Jesus, what he can do through your life. Trap number two, selective memory. Sometimes we get selective memory and we forget the things that God has done in our life. In Luke chapter 17, there's a story of 10 lepers and they call out to Jesus, Jesus, can you heal us? Jesus, can you help us? And Jesus uh, calls him over to him and he says, go show yourselves to the priest in verse 14. And as they went, they were cleansed. But one of them said, wait a minute, I was one way and I'm different now. I felt something and I don't feel this thing anymore. And he went back to Jesus and he started praising God and he fell on his knees. He said, thank you, God, for changing my life. And Jesus said, wait a minute, wasn't it 10 of y'all? Where the other nine at? Them ungrateful people, where they go? He says, son, rise and go. Your faith, your belief has made you well. Can I tell you, don't forget God when you get what you prayed for. Don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to be grateful. Because sometimes, as Pastor Cody said, we get familiar and we just get our blessing and we keep going. Don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget God when you get what you pray for. And the last thing is the trap that we have to avoid is people. We've got to avoid the trap of people. That's why you got to be careful who you surround yourselves with. You got to be careful who you take your precious dreams, your thing, the thing that you're believing God for. You got to carry that thing. The Bible says that don't get cast your pearls before swine because they'll trample over it. So that thing that you're believing God for, sometimes you just got to keep that thing between you and God because if you don't, they'll get you to stop believing just because it ain't happened in their life. And just because it ain't happened in their life doesn't mean that God can't do it in your life. Now, I know that was bad English, but it preached good. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus shows up in the, in, in the life of this man. 
and his daughter had died and Jesus walks up to the room and he says, why are y'all, why are y'all acting crazy and going wild? This girl ain't dead, she's asleep. The people start laughing. <laughs> she ain't dead, she's asleep. We watched her take her last breath. <laughs> Your marriage gonna be fixed? I want my third marriage. <laughs> Good luck. You think that your, your bill's going to be, be paid and you, got, you ain't got to work 16 jobs? I was about to say like a, a Jamaican. My friend's a Jamaican. <laughs> you ain't got to work all of them jobs? <laughs> Good luck. You got to be careful of the crowd that you surround yourself with. Amen. Jesus does something. He clears out the room. And once he clears out the room, it's okay. It's got a screen protector on it. It'll be fine. He clears out the room. And when he clears out the room and it's just that man and his wife, he raises that girl up. You got to be careful the crowd you surround yourself. Sometimes you got to clear the room. Thank you. You got to clear out that room so that you can experience the miracle that God wants to do in and through your life. Now, I don't know what you're believing God for. But I believe that God can do some supernatural things here. In fact, we've been praying for it all week. I've been believing for it all week. I told Pastor Cody and, and my brother JJ, I said, man, I feel something different about the message this week. I don't know what it is, but I just feel different. I'm more nervous than I have been, but I feel like God wants to do something supernatural in the lives of people. And so I've been praying for cancer to be, 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 be healed. I've been praying for high blood pressure to be regulated. I've been praying for thyroid issues to go away. I've been praying for heart issues and heart murmurs to be fixed and changed. I've been praying for mental illnesses. I've been praying for anxiety and depression. People that have been struggling from, from, from clinical depression will be free of that thing. I've been praying and believing for supernatural things. It ain't gotta just happen across or over on the other side of the country or on the side of the world where we read about it and see it on TV. It can happen right here in and through you. If you believe. Can you believe again? Can you believe again? Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.